Hello, listeners. Welcome to Freelance Friday with Vay Casey, a podcast all about freelancing through the opinions and experience of a current full-time freelancer. And uh, today's episode is one from a series of interviews with members from Weld. Weld is a collaborative workspace. Uh, They have a location in Nashville, and there used to be a location in Dallas, where I was a member at for four years, and uh, really helped me get my freelance um, business going and kind of get into that world. Um, during my time there, I learned a lot, and I made a lot of great relationships with some incredible creatives in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. And so uh, I decided to reach out to a few of them um, to see if they would be interested in doing interviews, and grace, graciously uh, and gratefully they accepted And so uh, these few episodes are going to be those interviews with them. And so uh, today's interview is with Mo Sajadpur. Uh, Mo, please forgive me if I mispronounce your last name. I believe that's right, but don't quote me on it. But Mo is a very... He's, he's such a kind person and such a creative person, and I've always really appreciated that about him. Um, just his loving attitude and the way he deals with friends and the deal, way that he deals with clients and then his drive to try new things and to experiment with things um, has really opened some doors for him to do some really cool projects and stuff that has become uniquely his look, I think. And uh, for some of these reasons, I decided to bring him on the show today. I hope you enjoy Mo, thanks for coming on the show today. No problem, man. Freelance Friday. We've got another uh, Weld member on the show. This makes quite a few now. Um, one of the first things I want to find out and get out of the way, because I should know this one, how, how do you pronounce your last name? Sajapur. Sajapur. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I have, I've, every time I spell it, I have to like look at it a couple of times, and I'm like... Yeah, most people just do it phonetic. They go sad, jad, poor. Yeah. Unfortunately, the second D always gets left out, which is literally happens to me all the time. Shows anything. <laughs> cool, man. Well, thanks for coming on today. Um, I we haven't talked in a while. Yeah. So what's uh, I guess first off, I'm interested to see like kind of what you've been working on recently, what the work has been like, et cetera. Yeah, it's a good question. So this has been a transition for me. So I just finished up my contract job, long contract, and totally moving into commercial, like 100% in commercial. And I've been ramping up um, this summer for a long uh, Africa trip. So I'll be there for about a month. So two different two different organizations hired me, and I just put them back to back. So it'll be a, probably the longest I've ever been away from home. And really rethinking how I produce and how I, what I offer to my clients and trying to just do something completely new and different, not trying to do anything can, but just what is my point of view? What is my perspective? Here's what I offer you. And it's gotten a really good response. People are excited about it. What a, comparing that to like what you were doing before, what, what's, you said kind of doing something different. What were, what were you doing before and what's different now that you're kind of trying to do? Yeah, I'd say I was catering more to what my client needed versus, uh, or let me let me reframe that. I'd say there I was catering more to what they thought they needed versus what they really needed, and what they really needed was somebody to be creative and to give them what they're asking for in a in a unique way. And uh, I'd say I was doing that some of the time, not all the time, consistently. And I'm really focusing on doing that consistently, doing something new and excellent and different uh that that 
accomplishes the goal because ultimately they're the ones that are paying for the project or whatever they're trying to communicate. So trying to do that, but doing that in a way that lets them stand out and really um, highlights what they're doing. So what is that? Does that change like the process of the way you handle jobs now as they're coming in or as you're, or what's? Yeah, the, the biggest change for me is I'm, I'm working on more personal projects. So okay. I'm looking at, okay, what the things that I kind of was doing when I first started out as a freelancer is going, okay, just exploring, being more curious. And I think you can, or at least I lost that for a little bit. You know, you just get into, I got I to gotta work. Mm-hmm. I got to do this project or that project. But the reality is people want to see your perspective. They want to know what you bring to the table. And part of that is being curious and trying new things and being different. And so I'm playing around with different lenses and uh, different processes. And uh, it's been good. Learning a lot. So whenever you're having those conversations then with your clients and, and trying to, I guess you say like consulting a little bit more versus just being like a service provider, does that sound accurate yes. to kind of what you're doing? Yes, definitely. How do you, like, can you give me an example of like, if you're in a conversation with somebody, like what's, what questions do you ask or how do you, how do you start that conversations versus like, say, cause I know, I know you a little bit, so I know you work with yep. like a lot of nonprofit organizations do some like yeah. overseas kind of stuff. So say that I'm a, comp- I'm an, I'm a missions organization that does some stuff over in Africa or whatever, and I come and say, hey, we need a photographer to come out on this trip for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. How would you have handled that previously, and what would that conversation have looked like, and then what's different about that now? I think previously, if I look back or remember back, it's hard. His jobs kind of run into one another. But I think previously, I, I kind of wanted to please them versus uh, let's work together and collaborate together. And so I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm looking at the model a lot differently. And, and the process is pretty much the same, except I'm asking more questions. And then I'm trying to offer solutions to the answers to those questions. And then together, you know, inviting them into the creative process with me and then putting ideas out before I go. So I would say more questions, uh, a lot more prep on the front, hand, front end, learning who they are, and then coming with the right kind of questions. Because sometimes you go in and you're just going, okay, well, I'll just go have a conversation and that's good, and it, and it allows to, um, you know, we are just talking about this before before we started, just free-flowing. Um, but I found oftentimes they don't know what they want, and so if I'm not asking the right questions, and I'm not trying to draw them to any kind of conclusion, but I am trying to draw out what they want and what they're trying to say. And so I'm looking at what they've done before, just going, are, are you happy with that? Is that what you want to do? Or what's your brand? Or where are you going next? And that always ends up being a really great conversation and opens the door to creative avenues. Have there uh, been any specific questions that you found that you, as you kind of started to go that new direction, that you find you tend to ask majority of the time? Like, for example, for me, because I kind of started trying to do that a while back, and and uh, for me, a lot of, like, one of the big ones I ask is, like, what are you hoping to accomplish with this stuff? Like, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I want to get a video made. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, what do you want the video to do? Because what you're trying to do might not actually be the message or whatever that's being communicated through. So what are, like, do you have any, like, questions or anything like that you kind of develop? I ask the same thing. Okay. Ask, hey, what's your end goal? What, what do you want What do you want to do with this? Ultimately, what, what would make you happy? What would make this a win for you, for the organization? Uh, and, you know, a lot of times I'm surprised by the answer because it might be something completely different. So... I'm trying to become a better listener. I always thought, oh, I'm a pretty good listener. And the reality is I'm not. Um, I think listening more and not trying to have a you know quick solution uh, because 
a lot of times it's not just black and white. They, and sometimes they don't know. Sometimes it's a process. So that's the beauty of creativity. Um, you asked for an example. Uh, my last job in Uganda in January, my last overseas job. So I had an idea, and the idea started from two years previously where I, I was messing around with gels in the studio, and I executed it really poorly. And it was okay, but it was like, man, that's not something I'd put in a portfolio. And then I, I tried it again, added some you know, added some smoke, added some other complexity to it. And I was like, okay, this is getting closer to what I want. Uh, and that, that was a fashion shoot. So completely different. One was portrait, one was fashion. And then fast forward to January, I get to Uganda and I, I take my strobes out and I, I started gelling every portrait, every portrait I did. And I'm putting people out in vistas and it was just different and cool and, um, and engaging in a different kind of way. But it, it spawned from messing around, you know, with my buddy in the, in the studio with, with gelled stuff, uh, to get back to the original question of, well, what did they want? They, they really didn't know what they wanted. They, they were like, Hey, we want to do something new and fresh and different. I said, okay, let's work together. Here's what I'm thinking. And it's going to be really different. It's not going to look like what other nonprofits are doing. Are you okay with that? And they were excited about that. They're like, yeah, we want to stand out. It's like, all right, cool. Let's try it. And we executed it and they're really pleased they had their fundraiser and, and crushed it. And everybody was like, wow, this is fantastic. This is different. So it's cool. It's cool, man. Well, congrats on that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's got to be a great feeling, I imagine. That was just, it was fun to be able to be a partner and really help and see your work be effective. Yeah. Uh, you've been freelancer for at least a couple of years. How long have you been? What's your, yeah. what's your, what's your story like? I want to know. I mean, I'm curious to see what your, yeah, how, where, how, what's how that path? Like? How long have you been on this? We good. We don't have much of a time limit. It's kind of right. we'll go until we're done. Uh, career arc started. Uh, shared a little bit of this offline with you before, but three months at the Dallas Morning News in the photo lab. Discovered photojournalism there. I didn't want to stay there because I didn't want to be the lab guy, basically. And you know, my mentors there were like, "Hey, go do something outside of here and come back when you have like a really nice body of work." Uh, so I. You know, natural next thing to do. Um, I went and became a flight attendant because I thought I could travel and, and take pictures. Didn't work out the way I thought it would, but I did that for a year, solid, and I knew exactly what I'd do. I, I, I wanted to take pictures, so I saved all my money, uh, slept on the floor, shared a condo with four other dudes in, in Washington, D.C., and a year to the day to my anniversary of the day I got hired by the United Airlines, I quit my job and I bought a ticket to Iran. And so I went and spent three months in Iran, which is where I was born, and put together a portfolio, came back, uh, brought that to the Dallas Morning News, and uh, and had done two projects. One was in process, one was finished, but it was enough. It showed him, hey, this guy's got initiative. It showed him that I, I was willing to do something different and new. Um, and also, I did something that you know people didn't have access, not that they do now, but even less than to Iran. And so that opened the door to, to start freelancing. Um, so I did that for a number of years, I think three and a half years. I kind of treated that as my grad school, basically. Working at Dallas Morning News, I learned a ton. There's some amazing, were, a lot of them have moved on now, but were some amazing photographers there. Uh, and then after that, um, I was, you know, I went to private school and so I had about a 10-year loan I needed to pay off. Uh, so I was shooting freelance magazine work. I was uh, doing this contract job. And then I was also, I started a wedding photography business. And 
in the midst of all that, I pulled back from the magazine stuff because I was, I was working in conflict zones and it just became really disenchanted with uh, what I thought was, hey, I feel like I'm creating stories instead of telling stories. And so I really focused on the wedding stuff and the contract job, being here in Dallas, being fully engaged here, paid off my loans. And it's been kind of, you know, the freelance life is kind of like you go here and then you go there. And then now I'm kind of back to where I was before. Now I want to get back into editorial photography. I want to get back into commercial uh, in a different kind of way, not weddings, but um, more working for advertising and then also doing the nonprofit work. So it's a journey. I'm still on it. I'm learning a ton. And Yeah, it's wild. I didn't, there's some of that stuff I didn't know about. Yeah. It's so interesting. Uh, so, I mean, with all of that, like where, I'm always interested really with like the marketing side of stuff kind of and how you get to like those different opportunities or kind of start getting those different like avenues of work. Honestly, I suck at marketing. <laughs> uh, I feel like that's kind of like most like really good creatives are end up kind of not being the greatest I, at the marketing I'm just side not into like, hey, look at me. I don't, I don't think that's a uh, – but there's a, there's a necessary component of that of just having conversations. I always share with young photographers or videographers like put your work in front of people. Like nobody knows you're you're there if you don't put your work in front of people, and uh, and honestly, I I need to say that so I, I I do it myself because it's just easy to create and create in a vacuum and create for yourself, which is awesome. Uh, but if you want to thrive and survive and be a creative and make a living being a creative, you have to put your work in front of other people. So whenever you've done that for yourself personally, putting your work, I mean, because obviously you've done that some, you're mm-hmm. getting work, you're getting some of the science stuff. How do you? Like for me, whenever I've tried to get my work in front of people, a lot of times it'll end up being like I'll go find people on LinkedIn and add them and try to send them stuff or I'll go look for companies, brands, whatever that are kind of like in the vein of stuff I feel like that I do well or would want to do and try to kind of make contact that way by reaching out to an art director or people that work there. But I've never personally really seen, I don't know if I've seen any return from any of that kind of stuff, investing in that that avenue and so um i while i still kind of try that route every once in a while i've more or less kind of abandoned Mm. that at least that way of doing things obviously like getting work in front of people and building relationships is crucial but the way i've gone about it hasn't been um say lucrative or just hasn't been as fruitful like i would have hoped for sure what what did like what's your method of doing things? What have you seen work? Or so that's not? a great question. I think I would say early on when I was working at the Dallas Morning News, stringing for them, I, I probably by association because that had such, the paper had such a great and still has a good uh, reputation, but it had such a great reputation for photography. I got a lot of jobs that way. I mean, a lot of jobs. Just because you work for Dallas Morning News. Yeah, basically. Okay. So stuff would come through the editor's desk. They knew that I could. You know, they'd call the editors and they they you know they knew who was reliable and who was available. Uh, and I would, I would say yes to every job that came across, you know, I was like, yes, I'll do it. Whatever, whatever it was didn't matter. And I learned that lesson early on from another mentor of mine where, um, he was like, look, this is the time to really grow your craft. And it was the best advice. He was like, just go do it, go shoot. And you're getting paid. Why? I mean, this is what you want to do for a living. You're going to get paid. So go do it. And so I did that and I was getting all kinds of crazy jobs. Um, I would say, (laughs) The one time that I had really great fortune, uh, which was nothing that I did on my own, a, a friend of mine, a, another creative, her name is Misty Kiesler. Uh, I don't know if you've seen her work, but it's Ah, great. the name sounds really familiar, but that's about it. Yeah, she's Dallas-based, um, 
she and I were friends from from the photography world, and she was going up to New York and was going to submit a portfolio to PDN online or PDN uh, magazine. And she said, "Hey, why don't you put together your work and uh, and let me take it with you, uh, take it with me?" And I'll just you know, I was like, oh, "I'm not into all that stuff." And she's like, "Let me just take it." So. She did, and that ended up working out well for both of us. We both ended up getting selected in that in that um, uh, that group. This is a long time ago, but the PDN thirty from like two thousand three, and uh, and that opened a ton of doors. And again, it was just kind of you know, I mean, a friend of mine basically did it. So I don't know that I've had this great strategy, uh, and I'm not trying to sugarcoat anything. I'm saying, hey, these, there's a lot of things I'd do differently today had I to go back. Uh, but some of it was just, you know, building relationships, keeping relationships. Uh, you know, the work always speaks for itself. So if the work sucks, nobody's going to pick it up. But if the work is good and it's in front of people and there's a relationship built and there's some trust. So I'd, I'd say the moral of the story is by association. Like if somebody's got trust with one other person, they're like probably his friend's trustworthy too. So that's worked out well. Uh, last thing I'd share on that is uh, what I'm doing now I, I, and I want to go down that road of reaching out to art directors. One of my plans this fall was to reach out to some art directors in, in New York and because uh, I want to go do editorial photography again and I got to start over. Uh, but what I've been doing as far as the commercial clients, I'm going direct to um, the decision maker at the corporation or company or whatever. And I found that's been remarkably easy uh, because they have a need uh, and I'm I'm not – trying to hard sell anybody. I'm just saying, Hey, I've got something good to offer you. Would you be interested in having a conversation? And then it's just a, it's a dialogue. And so I found that to be really effective and picking up jobs. And some of those, you know, my, my roommate, he's a, he's in the sales, he works for a sales company. And, you know, so I get to see him, you know, with long sales processes and short ones. And I'd say I'm in a couple long ones right now. And hopefully those things will, you know, close and have some business coming in. But, um, yeah, I, I think there's lots of ways as a freelancer to make money, uh, in today's market and the traditional routes, you got to go to an art director, you got to go do, you know, through an editor. I, I don't think we have to do that. We're not limited by that anymore. I think the, with the, like the freelance landscape, there's a lot of opportunity for a lot of different avenues, but it also makes it very like daunting sometimes and almost, uh, there can be a lot of like decision paralysis because there's so many different options and yeah, different ways sure. you can go. Um, with your stuff, do you find that like most of your work coming in more from uh, like referral word of mouth in, in like incoming work or is it stuff with you like reaching out to somebody else and trying to kind of maybe inquire about a project or kind of sell them on something or get something or pitch them or what's that's great. Yeah. Both, both and so I'd say predominantly through relationships and maintaining those, you know, relationships. And then, um, and I'm not, like I said, I don't, I'm not a hard sell kind of guy. I know some folks are the ones that are probably good at marketing, <laughs> right? They're yeah. like, Hey, you have a need. Can you tell your friend? I don't do that. I just, I just try to be a normal person. And, um, and I'm, you know, being comfortable with who I am, what do you do? And, and telling them what I do. And then oftentimes if you communicate that clearly, and be like, oh, you know what? I should I should introduce you to you know person X over here. Um, but I am trying to do more of like I said, doing proposals and going direct to people and saying, hey, I'd love to talk to you, uh, you know, and learning a little bit about them so it's not just a cold call and and offering something right up front, you know, not as a free product but as as value of like, hey, I 
I research what you do, and here's some an area that I see that you know you could maybe use my help. You know, would you would you want to have a conversation? And a lot of times they're all like, "Yeah, that'd be great." That's awesome, man. Um, what um, as far as like accounting and all that kind of stuff or whatnot, like <laughs> dealing with like the uh, non businessy side of, or I guess the 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 non like creative quiet side of things, the very like technical businessy like yeah yeah how do you handle like that whole side i of, suck at it <laughs> of everything but I'm, I'm i i made a commitment to myself last year and then really beginning this year i've especially since i'm in this period of i guess transitioning off this contract job is what can i do to learn all that i can about the business side because I'm, I'm confident on the creative side the business side it's like you know the arm that you don't work out it's the left arm for me and uh so I just did a, a workshop up in Seattle. Another photographer, another creative, his name's John Keatley, did the Keatley Survival Guide. It was like a three-day back office of commercial photography. And all we talked about was business, and it was gold. It was fantastic. I couldn't highly recommend that more to everybody that's listening. Is there any, like, like top like few takeaways from that that you'd share? Uh, there's a lot. I mean, I have a in my back, I've got, <laughs> it came with like a book and I was going, this is the best part of this. So I'd say if there's a takeaway, um, research the workshop, find okay. out what, what materials they're going to give you. And, uh, cause a lot of times people go to workshops, a lot of times I go to workshops and I take notes and you know, I get inspired and maybe I take one or two things, which is actually great if you can take one or two things away from something. But I felt like they did us a real service of, they, they printed a book of all the information that they shared. And so I was able to take notes both on my computer and then I have this book to reference back to. And then uh, I guess the week after he did that workshop, he also recorded a creative live class. And I, I watched that whole thing while it was being recorded. So you can watch for free. Um, and uh, and it wasn't as in, you know, obviously can't do all that he did in that weekend, which he did on Creative Live, but there's a lot of good good stuff in there. So that, that'd be my best best piece of suggestion to anybody that's interested in going find out what they give you what what's the what's the back end and i researched that one a ton and tried to actually get a bunch of guys from Weldigo. nobody nobody would go i'm like somebody come with me <laughs> i got the hotel room just come come crash in my hotel it doesn't matter i just wanted to go with somebody because i thought that'd be good accountability yeah that'd be good good uh i mean i feel like that's something like a lot of us need i know that it's an area that i struggle with and like you said a lot of creatives kind of struggle in that area it's i only found a couple of people that i feel like do it very do it well and usually they have help yeah either a spouse or like a financial advisor or something like that, yeah. which I've started to kind of delve into that world as well this like past year, year and a half. Uh, what about as far as like contract and stuff? Do you, how do you, do you draft that stuff up yourself or do you have a lawyer for that or what's, what yeah, are your thoughts I, I around contracts? My con I, I'd be hesitant to give any real world counsel on that because uh, I don't know that I do it well, but I piecemealed my contracts together uh, and then it's an online contract. Actually, I'm 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 cleaning up my back office as the process has gone this year. So I'm setting up a CRM tomorrow. I've got an onboarding call with somebody, and you know, gonna put my contracts in that and and try that method. Um, yeah, I don't think it's it. I would say if you're not doing a contract, that's that's probably the worst business decision you could make. Contracts are the best thing that anybody ever had because it just sets expectations both for you and for the client. Um. And there's lots of lots of information out there online. It's probably better than anything I could share here. But uh, yeah, I'm. I, I 
do contracts because you have to. Yeah. I, uh, there's been a few times where I haven't. And I mean, I'll, I'll say that there's like every once in a while, there's still be like a project or something that comes through. It's like a friend or something, or it's just kind of like this, like, look, this is not going to be a problem. We're just going to kind of get through this real quick. But even then sometimes I'm like, I don't know, would have been smart to just yeah. kind of have that in place in case anything goes down. Sure. Um, have you ever had, I'm in actually in the middle of a project right now where like we started the project, had a very like clear, like defined mm-hmm. outline of like the way things were supposed to go. And then client just, just like dropped the ball on as far as like, it, and most of it just has to do with timeline and communication, which is where I feel like a lot of times things kind of start to fall apart. But I've been in a position where uh, we're like way in the middle of the project and I might have to like kind of like redo the contract a little bit and kind of change things up, um, which is interesting because I've never had to do that before. But I mean, whenever you really think about it, as far as like it's just an agreement between two entities or organizations to kind of uh, like, hey, this is what you're going to do. This is what I'm going to do. Yep. And if we're going to change it, let's talk about it, kind of figure it out. Um, what, I mean, is there anything in like particular that you tend to kind of th- to put in there or, or any like words of, uh, from your experience uh, of like so definitely do or don't do these things? I'm trying to think of what, if any of my clients would be listening to this ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I would say this. I would say I always under promise and over deliver which is kind of one of those axioms that I, I probably read somewhere, but it, it makes sense. And so I, uh, and look, a contract doesn't have to be this you know great thing that's intimidating. It can be an email with bullet points. It's just having an understanding from both sides, like especially, and I've got lots of things like that where you said where a friend calls me and they're like, hey, I mean, if it's a small job, I'm not, I'm pro- it's probably not worth my time uh, to, to go, you know, draft up this unless you've got it which i'm trying to set it up now so it's automated so i can just do it in my you know my Mm -hmm. crm and boom it's done it takes me five minutes every time Uh, but currently i don't have that system and so i'll just do an email with bullet points and and that tends to work and um and i'll try to have as much of the questions and back and forth as i can on the front end but sometimes you know this just doesn't work out you're in the middle of the project and the client's like well actually i kind of wanted this so I've learned from my failures, and a lot of times it's like, oh, man, I'm, I'm now in the middle of this, and um, I struggle with people-pleasing. I'm trying to cut that out. It's like, hey, well, th- the real-world cost of this would be this, both for you and time that you're waiting on this project to be done, and this is what it adds on to mine. Now, a lot of times, most, well, not a lot of times, most times, they're very reasonable. They're like, oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. You know, why don't we, um, you know, and, and I just share, hey, the scope, adds this cost would you want to do it i think i feel like having that conversation is really it can be really difficult sometimes Mm -hmm. for some people and others not but i i I feel like the the difference is a lot of it kind of comes down to how you view what you're doing yeah and so if you look at it more like a business yes then you're like hey look this is a business and it's not a matter of like i'm being a dick and i want to charge you more it's a matter of like look we're doing more work yeah. And it costs more. If you might not might not be the best example, but if you go to a restaurant and you're like, Hey, I want to change the order of wanna add you know, I want to add this on, it's like, okay, <laughs> cool. Well it's gonna cost differently because you're getting something yeah. different and there's not a like they don't need to feel bad for 
we're doing that in the same way like you and I yeah. don't need to feel bad or like uh timid about like hey look you want something different it's going to be right on man yeah. listen to Casey that's that's good words <laughs> it's tough to do it though yeah. especially in the with freelance where you're perpetually unemployed and you're like but what if I don't get another job ever after this yeah i i think what you said that really resonates with me because i think we all have something to offer uh, whether it's to a client, to the world, to to one another, and to really value what you what you offer, and that hey, I'm bringing something to the table. I, I don't I don't think this is you, but a lot of a lot of younger creatives that that I see, man, they they just don't have a lot of confidence in what they offer, and it comes across in how they do business, and they're not thriving, or they're barely getting by, and they're not operating as a business; they're operating as a hobby. And it hurts them and it ends up hurting, you know, the industry that they're in. And, and it hurts clients because clients don't have a clue. You know, they're coming to you as the expert to help them solve a problem. And if you're like, well, I don't know, maybe this, maybe we could do this. And it just doesn't help. So I, I think you're right on. It's just going, hey, look, this is what, you know, the scope of a project is that we determined from the beginning. And this is what it adds on to it. I'd love to do this for you. Um, it's going to add X amount of time or however, however you, you know, process what your costs are and going in and it's going to cost this. Would you, would you like to move forward and just let them answer? Yeah, it's, uh, it's tough, but you kind of have to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, what, uh, man, what, what else are some things that like that you've, that you've taken away from your time freelancing that? Yeah, well, I want to I want to add one other thing to what I just shared. So okay. I had a I had real world instance for a client. Uh, while we shot, I, I did a I did a overseas job where I was doing video and photography, and she loved the photography. Didn't love the this the 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 project manager we'll call her. She didn't love the video, and I said, Hey, what what about the video? Because I captured what they wanted. She's like, Well. There, there was somebody else on on the team that was doing kind of their own personal stuff, and they're a film student, and they were um, shooting kind of over my shoulder, and and they were, uh, I'll just say this, they were going in and out of focus, and like it just looked a little bit more creative. Well, I, I was taking pictures and doing both, and so I just listened to what she wanted and listened to her needs and going, okay, do I want this to be a repeat customer? Yes. Uh, can I create this magical thing that she wants? She didn't communicate that up front, but because she saw this other video, I knew I was screwed. And so I said, okay, so you're, what you're telling me is you like what I have. I captured what you wanted needed, but you really wish now having seen this other that I, I would have, my method would have been different because I would have, I would have done it that way if had I known that's what you wanted. And basically was like, yes, but can we, can we somehow make this happen? They didn't know what they were asking. I said, let me think that through and let me get back to you. And so what we ended up doing is I went, I went to that student or that person that was on the trip and I said, Hey, I want to buy your footage and we want to use it this way. And I negotiated a rate and bought that other creative's footage incorporated in the video that I, that I'd made and everybody was happy. Now it ended up costing me a little bit, not a lot. It cost me a few hundred bucks that I didn't have as profit. But what ended up happening though, was I had a really happy client. They got exactly what they wanted, even though they didn't know what they wanted in the beginning, they ended with what they wanted and were ecstatic about the work that I did and the fact that I went the extra mile for them. Uh, hasn't turned into a repeat job, but it could very easily. And so it all doesn't always go perfect, no matter yeah. how great a contract you have. And you mentioned about about the difference between like a hobbyist and, and, a, and a professional, basically. And, and 
as we get into this stuff more, I feel like that's really kind of one of the things that separates somebody that's a hobbyist from a professional is that um, once you start getting on the more professional level, you really are starting to peel back the layers and it, and it does become a lot more than just carrying a camera around and shooting. Yeah. If, if you're, I think maybe it kind of, it could depend on the space that you're in as far as if you're a photographer and you're working for an agency Mm -hmm. or, or, or a company or something like that. And that's like dedicated. Here's what you do. But if you're in that like freelance realm, it's, it's completely different, especially if you're working like business to business versus like freelancing with an agency. Cause once again, if you're with an agency, they are the ones doing all that work. Like, because that agency still has another client and they're the one having that kind of a conversation and figuring all those things out with a client instead of you having to like personally do it yourself. So, um, and I, I definitely did not think about that when I first got in. It took me a while of kind of falling on my face and, and having frustration between just with myself and with clients and, and mm-hmm. not wondering why or wondering why things weren't working out the way I wanted and just like, this is kind of weird. Yeah. It's just, and a lot of it came down to communication. Yeah. I think something that just came to mind is, is your audience as they're listening and to both of us, I have to remind myself this all the time is don't be afraid to fail. And, and failure is really like an advantage, which sounds crazy, but the more I fail, the more I learn. Mm-hmm. And the more I, you know, shoot myself in the foot, it's not going to happen again because I'm going to grow from it. But if I'm hesitant or, man, I don't know, like just get in there and mix it up. And that's part of the beauty of creativity. And I'm not saying treat your business lax, but I'm saying, you know, don't let those things like I, I learned a great lesson um, from the previous example I used, which is I need to ask more questions. Hey, tell me exactly what your vision is for this video. Do you want rack focusing? Are you okay if I shoot with this camera? And, and maybe that's like, maybe uh, it's getting really obtuse, but they had a pretty good idea. And, and I realized afterwards, and I, hey, this person's got a film background. And so they kind of had these ideas in the back of their head. I just didn't pull that out of them mm. beforehand. And so I just go, okay, well, let me learn from that. I lost a few hundred bucks. It's fine. But now I've got a better idea how to navigate one with that client in the future, two with some other clients that have similar backgrounds. I feel uh, like I'm at a poker table, by the way. Felt. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of. It's got the felt. If you're Matt, listening, you don't know what this is, but if you're watching, we had a when Matt. Matt was on here. Matt Johnson. He said he doesn't like velvet the way velvet feels. So he didn't like want to like. He didn't want to touch it. I kind of want to touch it. I'm just going to kind of sit right here with my hand, so you can, yeah, feel free to feel away. Yeah. Um. All right, man. Well, I. Uh, I don't know that I have any more questions at this point. Maybe yeah. if I do, I might ask you to come back on sometime. Cool. Or maybe we can just like come back on a catch up. I don't know. We'll see. All right, man. What uh I guess like before before we close, like is there any like last like anything that we haven't talked about that you if if you were talking to your younger self that you would like to educate yourself on? Yeah, I I, I think probably I've I've said it maybe at least once. Don't be afraid to fail. Uh, put yourself out there both both um, business wise and you know you just got to risk there's no other way to live you, you have to risk to be successful in the creative realm there's just too many people that are great at what they do but conversely what you have to offer is completely unique nobody else is Casey nobody else is Mo nobody else is Matt or whoever else is out there listening so 
get out there, risk, be yourself, and don't be afraid to fail is what I would tell my younger self. And then uh, as much as you can in the free time that you have, learn the business side of whatever your creative craft is so you can thrive and continue to risk, continue to create, continue to do new and cool things. Cool. Thanks so much, Mel. Appreciate it. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. Yep. See you later. Freelance Friday is a Vacacy production. Vacacy is a full-service video production company based in Dallas, Texas. Vacacy. Big video production value. Freelance agility and scale.